You may be seated. And as we begin the year, so too, back to page one. Genesis chapter one, verses one through five. In the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness God called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Merry Christmas. This is the second Sunday in uh, Christmas Tide, uh, the end of the Christmas season. That's why you see all of us uh, still wearing white stoles, which is the liturgical color, actually, of Christmas, and also all of the decorations and trappings of Christmas. But then also, Happy New Year. How many of you have made a New Year resolution? Some of us, maybe? So I have made a resolution to not stop doing something. And this is because it is a seriously unbreakable habit. It was one cultivated very carefully by my mother after every birthday and Christmas when gifts might come in from relatives and friends. And it is a very acute habit of writing handwritten letters, thank you notes, or what we formerly knew as keeping a personal correspondence. I write letters to aunts and uncles, old friends, professors, colleagues, or just for any reason to say hello. There are some people, some relationships in my life that are almost entirely maintained through handwritten correspondence. One aunt in particular who texts everyone else, we just are in the habit of writing back and forth over the many years. Handwritten, cursive, snail mail with a stamp and an envelope and a zip code. Any of you heard of these before? <laughs> While endlessly slower than email or text, I find that these are some of my best long-term relationships. These are relationships that are timeless because they aren't immediate or on-demand. Interesting, you'd think that the on-demand immediate relationships would be the ones that were closer, but it's those that require the patience of a letter. They are the relationships that can wait and have the waiting built into them. For some unknown reason, the practice of sharing our lives and updates by pen and paper marks a different sort of passing of time and the depth of the interaction. Now I imagine this is like the last sermon you ever expected to get from a millennial minister, uh, but I believe retaining these letters over the years offers a tangible manifestation of the changing of the days, the passing of the time, and a record of a relationship. I have a filing cabinet and it's organized by name of people I write letters to back and forth. And they're organized chronologically from the earliest to the latest, sort of these journeys of yellowing paper and devaluing stamps, all reminding me of the durability of those relationships in the new day, the new week, and the new year. We all mark the passing of time in a New Year's sort of way, in many, many different ways. And I believe with the coming year filled with increasing anxiety 
global and even local electoral issues. Perhaps one of the best investments you can make for yourself and our world in 2024 is a book of USPS stamps. The best investment for 2024 is to go buy yourself a book of stamps. Stamps to build gratitude, true relationship, and help us to slow down and write just one every week. Not just a thank you note, but a note of, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Get well card, a birthday card by note. In these time-honored traditions, the, pa the patient, real, and tangible relationship that connects us through card offers a glimmer of hope and maybe roots of resiliency for a trying time. This week, as I wrote my notes, as I do every year, I struggled greatly with a change in the date. Anyone of you have this issue, addressing things and writing a check or anything else, or even typing an email? You put in 2023 and don't catch it till the end. This year, however, I found writing the date even more difficult than usual. Fairfield. Connecticut. January. Say seven. And then you get this last part. 20, 20, four. The dreaded election year when we again have to fight for our democracy has arrived again. To write this year on letters one shy also of 2025, 20, a quarter century somehow now into the 2000s after Y2K was somehow harder than usual. Have you been thinking about it? we're almost a quarter of a century into the new century? It's time to kind of drop the name new, I think, at this point. Knowing that it is an election year that's going to be really tricky, a time of much violence and increase in hate and bigotry, made me shudder at the possibilities. What unknown events from this coming year will forever bear the number 2024 for, mem for memory or memorial, for which we cannot yet be aware here at the dawn of a new year? But then I read our scripture passage this morning, and even though I've heard it so many times, Genesis 1, it gave me pause and reflection and existential hope. Our scripture passage this morning is as old as time, and allow me a poetic paraphrase. When God began to create, to write the heavens and the earth, the earth was complete chaos, and gloom covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the waters. Then God said, let there be dawn and sunrise, pause and attention. And there was dawn. And God saw that it was good. God called it day and God called it night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now in my 20s, which is a ways back now, I often saw the sunrise on the first day of the new year. And I have to admit that those luminous mornings after New Year's Eve had nothing to do with meditating overnight, right? Well, I no longer can say that I stay awake all through New Year's Eve, 
I still love the sunrises at the beginning of a new year. There is something deeply moving to feel the momentum of the world, everyone counting down together. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Is there any other time in the whole year when you count down, you count the seconds with fellow humans? When time slows down to actually measuring that moment of recognizing the closing of something. What I don't understand is why we don't also begin together. We end the year together counting down, but we then don't start again saying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. With the counting of the seconds down to a brand new, a new day one, we aspire to the hope that we may notice the seconds again, right? That we may notice each other, that we may in the new year speak in one voice, counting the seconds of life with those around us. But after the new year, we all cheer, but we don't count together. We don't start together, we just end together. I find that incredibly symbolic. But we think in that counting down, can we slow down this time and really live, really live together, feeling the breath of each second in humanity? Feel the depth of time rather than simply marking the passing of it, making it pass, wishing time away with work to the next vacation. When God began to create, to write the heavens and the earth, the earth was complete chaos. Imagine that. And gloom covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the waters, the breath of God. Then God said, let there be dawn, sunrise, pause, attention. And there was dawn, and God saw that it was good. God called it day, and God called it night. And there was evening, and there was morning. The first day. As we meet today, our first Sunday in a new calendar year, we're all faced with the same deep conflict we face each New Year's Eve and also on our personal birthdays. I think it's the two times of year, your own birthday and New Year's Eve. A dueling sense, a conflict of the opportunity to start again, fresh new beginning possibility. And the existential dread of the passing of time, which is also the absolute certainty of our own deaths, our own ceasing to exist in the form that we know. As a minister, I love when I say something like, you're all gonna die someday from a pulpit. Everyone stares back at me with shock. Can he really say that? Is that really true? It's true for everyone else sitting here, but it isn't true for me, you know, somehow. Yes, friends, we will all die. And we also have on this other contrasting part of New Year's Eve, where that we feel the passing of time, we also feel the possibility and opportunity to do things differently this time in 2024. Perhaps buy a book of stamps this time and actually write to the people we love. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old lang syne? The first day the second day, the third day. 
In the early days after a new year comes into existence, we count first the seconds and the hours and the days and then the weeks. And before you know it, we've counted a lifetime away to come and go. But there is hope in our community as church, not only writing letters, but how we gather ourselves. So many of us, since this is Christmas, I want to talk a little bit, since this is our last Sunday in Christmas, about Christmas music and traditions. The traditions that we've just done of perhaps hanging the ornaments together. Last night I did the reverse tradition of trying to figure out which box each ornament goes into. Um, quite a puzzle Hallmark makes at times. But these, both sides of it are the tradition. The putting up of the tree, the taking down of the tree, the wreaths, the poinsettias. Many of you have Christmas traditions. These mark time. They help us mark the passing of time and they're filled with songs. And they remind us of how short life is and how important it is to count those around us. Christmas stands out among the holidays for Christians and a lot of secular celebrants alike because of its music, its colors, its symbols, and its a reminder of our loved ones that brings us back to our childhoods and connects us with those milestones in life more than any other holiday, for better or for worse. Remember that one Christmas when we didn't go to Aunt Kathy's and instead went to un Uncle Roy's? You'll remember that Christmas because it was a variation from the tradition. There's a great importance to traditions like Christmas carols and others in the church life. They remind us of who we are and who we've been, and it gives us something to reflect against. These songs and hymns of Christmas serve as important reminders about life, love, and family, because life is so short. These are love letters also to community. Just a couple of days ago, by the way, Jesus was born in a manger in Jerusalem. Just a couple of days ago, the angels sang. Just a couple of days ago, the shepherds left their sheep untended in the fields and went to worship Jesus. Christmas, Christmas Eve, Santa, the commotion, the presents, the trees, the lights, the family visiting, the chaos. It all feels like just yesterday. Or wait, was that already last year? Christmas 2024 will be at the end of the year. Today's scripture passage from the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament is for a Sunday when the world is also in chaos and a Sunday when we need to remember the traditions, whether it be a handwritten note or a Christmas tree up and down that ground us in life and living. Parenting, I imagine, or even watching your parents get older, frailer perhaps, which is part of my journey right now, is part of life, and it's scary. Most of all, it means that we need to hold on to the sacred moments and the milestones even deeper. Christmas is different from Halloween or Easter or the 4th of July or even birthdays because it comes so close to the beginning of the new year and is highly ritualized by society and the church. Christmas is, for better or worse, how we really measure our memories of our loved ones. It's also how we measure our own success in adulting. Are my cookies anything like my grandma's? Is my tree this year as beautiful as the one I remember on my idyllic 
kind of a, a montage Christmas, right? Think of your Christmas as a childhood. It's not one year. It's not your ninth year. It's a combination of all of them into an idealized place in your memory that you use as a reflection point for your own success in this year. Did this Christmas make me a good memory or did it not quite measure up? Watching your kids open their Christmas gifts, decorating your first tree with your spouse after getting married, baking cookies with grandma, food, song, culture, family, all around the fire are all milestones that help us to know the distance in life traveled. There's a great scene in the classic musical Fiddler on the Roof when one of the daughters is getting married. Have you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? Okay, my dad's family is Ashkenazi, Eastern European uh, Jewish, and they left um, Russia in that area because of the pogroms, which were a kind of a different version of, uh, kind of, of attacks on the Jewish community. And so this movie and play have always been a very powerful story because it reminds me of my family's story. But in this play, they're not yet being forced out of their village, and the daughter's getting married, and you see the parents sitting there and softly to themselves singing a very deep song. Is this the little girl I carried? Is this the little boy at play? I don't remember getting older. When did they? When did she get to be a beauty? When did he get to be so tall? Wasn't it yesterday when they were small? Sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset. Swiftly flow the days. Seedlings turn overnight to sunflowers, blossoming even as we gaze. Sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset. Swiftly fly the years, one season following another, laden with happiness and tears. Excuse my voice. It's not quite Broadway this morning. Growing up, growing old, growing wise, growing tall, in my case, growing short. Growing in faith, growing in hope, growing in love. All the ways which we grow can be measured from Christmas to Christmas, from New Year to New Year. No matter how we feel about the holidays, this is a time of making and maintaining and renewing our memories so that we can measure things in the seconds again and not just the lifetimes. By being together in congregation, in festival, we help maintain each other's memories through ritual year over year. Today's scripture passage from Genesis marks a new day. It describes the beginning of a new day, and there was evening and there was morning, the first day and every day. May we learn to count every second like it's New Year's Eve as people in common voice, even with strangers, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one, and then with a new breath, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Friends, we are now Fairfield, Connecticut, January 
seventh, two thousand twenty-four. Let us allow the duality, the conflict of this strange moment to sink in and not brush by us. Both the existential dread of, oh my gosh, we're a quarter of a century into the new millennia, and the overpowering hope and optimism that this time, maybe this year, we can do it right. This time, maybe we can send that letter. This time we can observe the beauty and the wonder of it all. For this year is the last year we get before 2025 and a brave new world at hand. Amen.